everyone, welcome back to KB Talks, powered by the NKBA, the only podcast dedicated to sharing the latest kitchen and bath industry insights, providing you with the education and connections to help grow and support your business. I'm Jennifer Bertrand, and we're recording live. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Brad Hensey, Senior Director of Product Marketing for Control 4, who among other things on his very busy KBiz schedule, is presenting a Voices from the Industry session on design considerations for smart home technology. And he's here to give us a peek into the key points of that session and share his expert insight on the topic. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Home Advisor. Are you a home repair or improvement pro looking to grow your business? HomeAdvisor can help. Here's how it works. HomeAdvisor matches homeowners looking for help with their projects with the best local pros in the area who can do the job. That means your business gets connected to new customers quickly and easily. Get started now and HomeAdvisor will help you find your next job. And be sure to ask if you are eligible for a limited time $100 credit when you sign up. Go to HomeAdvisor.com slash NKBA offer. Again, that's HomeAdvisor.com slash NKBA offer. Thank you for being here, Brad. Yes, happy to be here. Thank you. So obviously Control 4 is a big part of technology and smart home everything so give us a little background about you guys and kind of how you feel you land in the industry and what we should know about you guys um great so we have been around actually for 15 years working on how do we make our homes easier to live in um, and use technology to do that we focus a lot in the early days on audio and video but also brought in and created our own lighting products um, also security and peace of mind and video intercom, really with the goal of connecting everything in the home to make it easy to live in, give you that peace of mind, that comfort. Um, and we have what we call uh, the Control 4 Smart Home OS. And that is what enables you to have lighting and music and video all working for, for you inside of your home. Well, so originally it became technology was more disjointed and the individual elements, and now it's all about lifestyle. Yeah, totally. I think in the early days it was, you know, we were geeking, we are guilty of this, right? Yeah. Uh, geeking out about an individual product and the capabilities that that thing could do. But when you go to try to sell to a homeowner and you want to bring real value, it is more about that lifestyle experience. Yeah. And I think that, you know, actually when you live with the technology, there are certain things that when you tell people, it feels like it's almost trivial. But when you use it, when it is a part of your lifestyle, then it means so much more, right? So for instance, um, lighting. A lot of people say, oh, I'm not so lazy that I can't stand up and turn off the lights by myself. Uh, I can't walk around and turn them off. Um, but it's really not about that. It's more about having that peace of mind that when I go to bed, I hit one button, the front door is locked and the lights are off. All of that together, you know, that is that lifestyle aspect that really makes it comfortable to live in your home and really enjoy being home rather than worrying about that checklist and all those other little nagging things. No, my 10 year old would love that. He's always worried about the front door. But so you spoke about design connections. So what was that about in terms of that for the design professional? So for the design professional, we know and we've I mean, we've been talking to designers like and asking them, what are you hearing about? What do you want to learn? And a lot of uh, designers are having their clients come and ask them about smart home. But 
when you look at the smart home industry and the marketplace today, there's so much noise, there's so many options, and if you just read the marketing copy, they sound like they can all do the same thing. And so what we talked about in our Voice for the Industry is how do you make sense of it? Right? As you start to have that lifestyle conversation with your clients, um, how do you guide that conversation to benefit your client? And so we talk about this metaphor that we use that's really adopting, you know, my home is my castle. And there's two aspects of that. I want it to be my sanctuary, my domain. I want it to operate the way I want it to do, right, to my benefit. But it also is safe and secure and keeps out the prying eyes and thieves. And so we talk about you know, a smart home should be helpful, it should be personal, it should be secure, and it should be private. And when, as a designer, as you go to evaluate any manufacturer's technology um, and have a conversation with your client, kind of use that as a guide, guidepost, right? Use it as a test when you see a new piece of technology. Is it really gonna be helpful? Is it secure and private by default? You know, those kinds of questions to help um, provide a framework so that any new technology, um, a designer can evaluate and see, well, maybe I want to bring this in or maybe I don't. So I have lots of questions for you because being a designer, I have to answer those to clients. But the first one starts about privacy. And like, a I find that people either really don't care or they think people want to watch them. Um, what would you say to that about the privacy in this kind of field? Well, you know, as with any new technology, um, there are a lot of things that we have to learn to appreciate. And some people appreciate them through hard knocks and others just out of their own intellect. And as we bring in more and more technology within our home, we're generating more data, right? And um, people can use that data to create these massive profiles. Sometimes we're okay trading that for value, right? Sometimes we get cheap products or low cost products because we're giving our data away. Um, but you know, nobody really thinks about a light switch and the data that's generated when I wake up at 12.45 a.m. every night in the bathroom and turn on the light, that's a data point that we've never had to think about before. And we do now. And so you have to consider those things with each piece of technology that you bring in and ask the question, is it protecting my privacy by default? Is there a way to turn off if it's sharing data? Or is it by default sharing data and I can turn it off if I think about it? You know, so you do have to so have that conversation. Say there's more benefits than there are risks. Um, well, like, I mean, is that what I would tell my client? Or I just tell them they're not that interesting? <laughs> yeah. I think that's fair. Sorry, you're a very boring for an individual. No one Nobody's wants to gonna... watch. <laughs> well, I, there's two aspects to it. Um, there's privacy and the data that you generate, and then there's the security and keeping people from prying yeah. in on you. Um, and no, I think it is responsible to have that discussion and that thought and then make a deliberate choice. But the point is, have that as a deliberate choice. On the secure side, make sure that you're leaning on a professional to help you, right? Many times the security breaches that we hear about with consumer goods, um, you know, like the, the nanny cam and the creeper is talking to the baby, like, oh, mother's worst nightmare, right? Um, you know what, a lot of those happen simply because the homeowner doesn't change the username and password. And it's a username and password that's baked into the manual. It's available on the manufacturer's website. And that's actually how that happens. And so it's not that these are sophisticated hackers 
trying to get at your home and your data, because you're right, in some ways they're not that interesting. Um, sometimes it's like we're leaving the front door unlocked and yeah. we're en enabling that. And, um, and these are important things for us to think about when we bring in some technology. So I find in the world of design that some designers like really embrace technology and it's really easy for them and it's a natural fit. And then others are so scared to put a toe in the water. Like what would advice or what would you say to them about embracing it? Um, I think that... And I'm going to say we're live at KBiz, hence all the noise. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be a trade show without all the trade show noise. Um, so I think just do it. Um, get out there and go find a smart home professional. I think that it is easy to assume, based on the marketing for a lot of these products, that this is the type of situation where you will do it for your client or a homeowner will do it for themselves, just totally DIY. But in the same way that they, homeowners can do DIY design, but they turn to a professional, Let's talk about it. It's hideous when they do. It is, Just kidding. right? I judge not to each his own on what they do, but you get what you pay for and there's a lot of benefits. And it, sometimes you can't really get the true value of the product because you don't know what you're doing. That, that's right. So turn, if you're unsure about it, turn to a smart home pro, right? And there are a lot of, we have um, several thousand in the US. Um, go see their showroom. Go see some of their clients. If you're unsure, talk to some of their customers. Um, we have what we call Control 4 certified showrooms. We have 300 of them in the, around the world. Um, the chances are that there are two or three next to your, you know, in your area. Go visit them and then, you know, have a conversation, build a relationship with that pro so you can see what they're doing and get comfortable with, um, with this technology. Excuse me get comfortable with this technology and introduce it to your, your customers. I actually have clients who would let people in their home to come see it, try it, look at their remote, not care, or any of that. And then, okay, so if someone were to start the realm of smarting their home up, what would you say is the most value? If you were to start small, what, what should they look to? So, I will You're tell like, you. no, go big. Uh, no, go big. No, I, I totally get it. Um, <laughs> There, there is one aspect of my smart home that I could not live without, and it's the smart lighting. And um, if you're going to smart, start super small, do the front porch, the porch light. Um, because putting it on a schedule that matches the sun is, you know, that's just one of those little nagging things that you take off of your plate and you don't worry about it. And then do your main areas, your kitchen, your family room. And then you get things like movie time. When I'm ready to watch a movie and I, you know, turn the lights low and then I hit pause during the movie and the lights come back up and I hit play again and they go back down. That's pretty powerful. Um, and then take it through the, the rest of the home. So I would say start there, start front porch and the, the main areas with smart lighting. Um, and then the other one is the TV. Get a great universal remote. There's a, the Neo remote is beautiful, fits in, it complements any design, right? Your decor, but it's super easy to use. Everyone in the family can start to, to use it. And then you have options to really use the technology naturally and easily. No, you're so convincing, it's so good. <laughs> but okay, so the next aspect though is, so often I'll hear even high-end designers say, um, I don't want to mess with it because technology is ever evolving and all of that. And I know sometimes it's simply a software upgrade, but um, what would you say in terms of like 
buying an appliance with it or implementing other things would be the lifespan of that technology concept or what would you say to all that? Well, I would, I would suggest that if you're going to get this technology, find stuff that's designed deliberately to be infrastructure, to have a life, longer lifespan. There are individual products that are designed to have a one year or two year lifespan by design, right? Your mobile phone, it has a one or two year lifespan. They want you to refresh that every year. They're very smart. They're very smart. Um, but there are products um, like Control 4 products that are designed to be infrastructure and that work for seven, 10, you know, 12 years, um, just like your appliance would. So it really comes down to making the right product choices so that it is longer lifespan. You do have options. Um, you can actually, here in Las Vegas, at the Aria Hotel, you know, they, some of those suites have Control 4 that has been installed uh, for 11 years. It's still functioning and it works great. And that's a high traffic area with people who probably don't know what they're doing. Yes, that's very true, exactly. And we have a lot of homeowners that are in that same, they have the same product that they've had for 10 years or so. So, okay, then you have an educated designer or consumer, and they're going to do a new construction or a remodel, but obviously it's important to get the plan up front as soon as possible to implement the correct electrical plan. Is there any bit of advice you would give designers or homeowners about that? If you want smart home technology, get a pro involved right then. Don't wait, right? But it's also not too late either if you're already partway through and then realize that this is a capability. But the earlier you come in, the more choices that you have. Um, and so for instance, lighting, um, if you start early in the new construction, you can use something we call centralized, which makes it so it's possible to have a single keypad in your room instead of these banks of light switches that are just hideous. Um, but if the home's already built, you can retrofit take out the dumb switches and use smart switches, you just can't consolidate. So you have just different choices. And so bring people, bring a pro in as early as you can is the best rule of thumb. I think it's slowly like, not slowly, quickly, like combining wellness with smart home technology. It used to be just kind of a first world luxury concept, but now it just improves the way you live. Yeah, when you think about aging in place, Right, just that peace of mind that things are working for me. So one of the things that, like just taking little nagging anxieties and things, like one of the things I love, when I come home at night, the garage door opens and I walk in, the kitchen lights are already on. I haven't had to hit a button, but that gives me that peace of mind that I'm not walking into a dark home. Um, or when I get ready for bed, um, I have the door lock, um, is a smart door lock, but the keypad, when it's locked, there's a little LED that's green. And when it's unlocked, it's red. And so that contributes to my overall well-being because I know I'm safe. I just, with a glance, I don't have to wander. I don't have to wonder. Um, and, and so that all really helps create this lifestyle that's contributing to your, to your well-being. And then you have kids. Like, I think it also helps add that sense of security for kids. Do you have any smart stuff in their rooms? Um, the smart lighting and shades. Um, yeah, shades are so On the weekends, awesome. do you set them to come up later? Oh yeah, and the other thing is uh, music, like when we're gonna go skiing early yeah. in the morning, um, I wake up and I turn on the music in their room, right? And so then I don't need to go nag them 
the music just kind of gently wakes them up and we go skiing it and have fun. It improves the parent-kid relationship. It totally does. Okay, so then what are like the biggest misconceptions about smart technology that you would want to get out there to be like, I know a lot of people think this, but it's this. So today from the voice of the industry conversation, um, actually a lot of people think I can have a smart home that's voice control only. And if you look at the marketing for voice control, it seems like that's what they're promising. And, and it makes sense, but um, I think there's a big misconception that you can be voice control only or that you can be mobile only, um, when in reality, you actually want choice. You need a variety of ways to use this technology. Um, sometimes the mobile app is awesome and it is the right choice. Voice control, same thing. But there are plenty of times when you need a, a handheld remote control or a keypad on the wall, or a touch screen that is dedicated to controlling the home, right? Or dedicated to showing you the security camera footage in the backyard while the kids are playing, or showing you who's at the front door, right, while you're cooking dinner. Um, and so I think that's one of the, the misconceptions that is forming around smart home, voice control only or mobile only. And it's a failure of DIY, I think, um, and you know the designers we talked with today, it was kind of eye-opening to consider that. And that you need to be deliberate in providing those choices so that everyone in the family can use it easily and can live with it and enjoy it, right? Even your guests or the, fa the individual in the family that hates technology yet needs to live there too. Yeah, no, that's excellent. But so, okay, the last question I have is if you're going to look for a pro or you're going to educate yourself, like how can you tell, like obviously control four is the way to go, but if they're going to do it, how do you know which is the right information? Um, like, yeah. Are there red flags? <laughs> well, I think first of all, the first test, use the thing, helpful, secure, private, is it personal, right? Can I have control too, even if I'm working with a pro? And then go meet the pros, right? See it in action see it in their showroom. A lot of smart home pros, they have the clients on speed dial that would let you come into their home and see that technology. Um, spend time getting to know them and know a, couple of, um, know a couple of them in your area too. That's the only way that you can cut through kind of the marketing fluff um, and see it in action and know what is real and what isn't. Um, and, and so, yeah, go meet pros, see their clients, see their projects, talk to their customers, and you know, the next step, like going to the next level of commitment, bring it into your own home, right? Live with it yourself. Um, and then you have that passion and, and that real life experience to be able to guide your customers in the right way. No, that's perfect. And if someone doesn't have a control for showroom near them, how do they go about incorporating in it, like control for into their designs or their home? Um, if there are a lot of smart home pros, that work out of an office or work out of a warehouse and they just haven't invested in a showroom. So if there isn't a showroom, totally fine. A lot of them do have the clients on speed dial. So um, there are a lot of pros, just give them a call and say, hey, I wanna see what you do. I wanna see your projects. And they'll, they'll take you to a place uh, so that you can see it if there isn't a showroom nearby. Or come to KBiz or follow us. We do a lot of events. We have our tiny smart home that we take the technology on the road um, in some of those areas where you may not get to see it so that you can actually see it functioning and, and what it's like. 
And then um, I said last question on the last one, but this is the real last question. <laughs> but so obviously there's Cedia. Is there anywhere else in terms of trade thing, organizations or events that you would recommend for someone to go to to educate themselves to improve in this area? Um, I think Cedia is a really great place to get started. Um, and they've done a really good job of getting connected with the design build community over the last several years. So I'd say that's a really great place. Um, there are also key large manufacturers that have built really good rep, uh, reputations and relationships with designers. And so, you know, spend time with them as well. That's a really good, great place to get started. And then, of course, NKBA come to the events and chapter events. And, and if you have a chapter and you want more, reach out to us. We're happy to come to any chapter events and hold an, an event in your city and have these kinds of discussions as well. I think that's one of the best chapter programs they could do because it's something that you may think you know, but there's so much to it. And it can really make you shine as a design professional to really be on your game and know what's new and next and how to make it all work. Well, totally. Additionally, and maybe selfishly, we want to hear from you what you want in technology too, right? Push us to do better. We're investing a lot in creating really beautiful, elegant interfaces like the Neo Remote that can fit in and complement any design. But we're, you're the experts there, and so tell us, push us. You, you know, know let us know. stroke our egos. <laughs> oh, jeez. Is there anything new and next that's a teaser of what's to come from Control 4? Oh, gosh. We, as a rule, um, don't talk about anything until it's ready to ship because t talking about it without sh it shipping is just teasing and it's mean. But of course, we'll continue to push out OS3 updates, make that better and easier to use. Um, Neo Remote uh, is our first release that's really design forward in terms of taking technology away from the plastic days and, and make it to a real complement. Uh, you can expect more of that from a lot of our other interfaces as well over the next couple of years. And you guys are very thoughtful to design aesthetics and how you make everything and... We're trying, to, we haven't always been. <laughs> but we're trying to turn that corner because we know it's important, right? And that's, that's what our customers expect. No, that's excellent. Anything else you want to add that I didn't ask you? I don't think so. It's just been wonderful to chat with you. And, and it's, it's fun to be at KBiz and have conversations like this because, you know, speaking of stroking egos, egos um, it's so refreshing to come. And like the design community is so uh, interested in having this conversation. It's not, we're not pulling teeth to have it. And so that is pretty great. We love that. I think it was a little slow in the beginning in the design world, but now everyone's eager. So thank you for sharing your time because I know it's valuable. Thank you for being here. I'm going to close us out. We'll have new episodes of KB Talks coming your way soon. So make sure you are subscribed and stay tuned. Please be sure to send your feedback to nkba at flyingcamel.com. And remember to take a moment to leave us a star rating or a view wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. <laughs> the NKBA Specialty Badge Program offers members a new competitive edge. Certification has long been a cornerstone of the National Kitchen and Bath Association's mission, although the designations are mostly limited to designers. The Specialty Badge Program now allows any NKBA member to broaden their knowledge and earn credentials in a variety of areas through online course materials and passing an online exam. Visit nkba.org badges to discover the NKBA Specialty Badges currently available. Take advantage of the NKBA's ongoing professional development opportunities and get the NKBA Competitive Edge.